more than 80% of Kenyans oppose acceptance for homosexual relations. I didn't know what was happening to my daughter. She told me, Mom, I'm gay. Mm, it was not a new name to me. I've had, I knew there was something like that going on. But I didn't know about my daughter. We will pray for Virginia. But we were praying for Virginia to change. She told me I'm bisexual. I can date a girl, I can date a boy. God protect her. It's been a long journey. Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Burundi's president calls for all queers to be stoned to death. Israel's top court opens adoption to same-gender couples. And a Kenyan mom joins the struggle for her queer daughters. Those stories and more this week, now that you've chosen This Way Out. I'm David Hunt. And I'm Nico Raquel. With News Wrap a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world from December 16th, 2023 to January 6th, 2024. Burundi's president, Evariste Ndeyashimiye, believes all LGBTQ people should be rounded up and stoned to death in a stadium. He told reporters during a December 30th question and answer session, that's what they deserve. The Roman Catholic president has not apparently heeded the more tolerant position of Pope Francis and singled out legalizing same-gender unions as an abominable practice. He went on to warn, if you want to attract a curse to the country, accept homosexuality. Burundi's penal code punishes anyone who comes out as queer with up to two years in prison and a fine. Ndeyashimiye also said that any openly queer Burundians outside the country should not come home. Expats may not want to return to the landlocked East Central African nation, one of the poorest countries on the planet whose authoritarian government is rife with corruption. Ndeyashimi responded to the widespread criticism by claiming that same-gender sex is a Western import. He defiantly told reporters that he didn't care if his comments led to losses in foreign aid. Burundi declared its independence from Belgium in 1962. The international LGBTQ rights organization All Out joined Western governments and global human rights groups in condemning Ndeyashimiye. Their statement reads in part, This violent and anti-LGBT plus rhetoric endangers the lives of many individuals in Burundi and stains the nation's commitment to human rights. Such discourse not only incites homophobia and violence, but also violates international human rights laws and norms that protect individuals regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. The escalating crackdown in Burundi mirrors similar actions in the region, notably in Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda. Israel's High Court of Justice has opened adoption to same-gender couples in what the Times of Israel called a landmark decision. Although the 1981 child adoption law says that only a man and his wife together, can adopt, the justices unanimously concluded on December 28th that the language was not meant to exclude queer couples. The overriding intent of the legislation was to serve the best interests of the adopted child. Acting Supreme Court President Uzi Vogelman penned the High Court's opinion. 
He noted that when the adoption laws were written six decades ago, the primary intention was to exclude single parents, finding that the focus is an adoption by a stable marital framework to which the child will be given. He pointed to expert testimony that the sexual orientation of the parents has no bearing on a child's welfare. In Vogelman's words, the ruling is based on the concept that the marital relationship between parents is a condition for the creation of a family unit which can provide the child with stability and security compared to a single parent family unit. The court's ruling leaves unresolved how prospective queer adoptive parents can prove they have a marital relationship when Israel has no provision for same gender civil marriage. Clearly, they would not be able to adopt individually since he also assumes that single parents are necessarily unstable. Lesbian and gay couples in Estonia began applying for marriage licenses on January 1st. Applications for marriage licenses there usually take one to six weeks to process, so it will probably be early February before the first queer couples walk down the aisle. Same-gender sex was decriminalized in Estonia in 1991, the same year that the Baltic nation broke away from the crumbling Soviet Union. Less than equal civil partnerships have been available to same-gender couples since 2013. Estonia became the first former Soviet state to usher in marriage equality when lawmakers said, I do, by a vote of 55 to 34 in June 2023. Public opinion polls reveal a certain degree of discomfort with marriage equality, although support has increased from 34% to 53% in the past 10 years. Minister of Social Protection, Sine Risalo, said, I hope that unfounded fears will recede and that critics of this decision will realize that this is not something that is being taken away, but something very important that is being added for many of us. In the U.S. state of Ohio, Republican Governor Mike DeWine vetoed a ban on gender-affirming health care for transgender minors in late December. His reason was heartfelt. Parents have looked me in the eye and have told me that but for this treatment, their child would be dead. They've told me that their child is only alive because of the gender-affirming care that they have received. As 2024 began, DeWine took preemptive action against the possibility that the Republican-dominated Ohio State Legislature would override his veto of the pediatric trans health care ban. He issued an executive order to immediately ban pediatric gender-affirming surgery, a treatment option that's practically non-existent. When pressed by reporters, the governor acknowledged that he knows of no cases of families seeking gender-affirming surgery for their minor children. He just said, let's make sure. DeWine's order addresses more mythical problems. All transgender minors and adults are required to undergo stringent psychiatric review to qualify for any treatment at all, claiming to protect those patients from fly-by-night operators providing gender-affirming care to adults with no counseling and no basic standards to assure quality of care. DeWine ordered the Ohio Department of Health and the Ohio Department of Health and Addiction Services to immediately draft new rules. Still, he had to admit that he knows of no complaints against any fly-by-night providers of gender-affirming health care in the state of Ohio. DeWine did not address the other part of the legislation, its ban on trans girls and women competing in school sports. Federal judges in the states of Idaho and Iowa have temporarily halted enforcement of laws targeting LGBTQ people. Idaho's ban on pediatric gender-affirming health care 
was scheduled to take effect on January 1st. But Judge B. Lynn Windmill granted a request by the American Civil Liberties Union for a temporary injunction on December 27th. Windmill ruled that the ACLU's lawsuit on behalf of two families challenging it is likely to succeed. It alleges that the Republican-dominated state legislature's law signed by Republican Governor Brad Little violates the due process and equal protection clauses of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The judge wrote, Transgender children should receive equal treatment under the law. Parents should have the right to make the most fundamental decisions about how to care for their children. Iowa's book ban law was also set to take effect on January 1st and was also blocked by a temporary injunction in late December. It had been approved by another Republican-majority state legislature and signed into law by Republican Governor Kim Reynolds early last year. The legislation bans books depicting sex acts from school libraries and classrooms and forbids teachers from discussing gender identity and sexual orientation issues with students through the sixth grade. Federal Judge Stephen Loker called the law incredibly broad. He noted that it has already resulted in the removal of history volumes, classics, award-winning novels, and even books designed to help students avoid being victimized by sexual assault. Loker believes the lawsuit challenging its constitutionality is likely to succeed on free speech grounds. Finally, the birthplace of the American Revolution is no place for jackbooted neo-Nazis. Massachusetts Attorney General Andrea Campbell is suing the National Socialist Club NSC-131 for its often violent disruptions of drag queen story hours. NSC-131 members have also trespassed on private property to threaten staff members and migrants at shelters across the state. Two of the group's leaders, Christopher Hood and Liam McNeil, are specifically named in the complaint. Campbell alleges that the New England-wide group, in her words, has engaged in a concerted campaign to target and terrorize people across Massachusetts and interfere with their rights. Our complaint is the first step in holding this neo-Nazi group and its leaders accountable for their unlawful actions against members of our community. The lawsuit seeks an injunction barring NSC-131 members from threatening violence at lawful gatherings and businesses, and monetary awards related to civil penalties, damages, and other costs, amongst other forms of potential relief. In other words, shut up and put up. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude from December 16th, 2023 to January 6th, 2024. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm David Hunt. Stay healthy. And I'm Nico Raquel. Stay safe. Hello, I'm Carol. And I'm Maria. And together we're Zrazy. And we're crazy about This Way Out, the international lesbian and gay radio magazine. 
Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank Thank you. It only took one mother of a gay activist to launch PFLAG, an organization for supportive parents and family members that's become one of the most influential queer ally groups in the U.S. One mother in Kenya is standing with her lesbian daughter, and it's a calling that reaches beyond her immediate family. Objectively, the odds are not in Mary Mumbi's favor. Public opinion polls have found more than 80% of her Kenyan neighbors saying that their Christian and Muslim faiths reject homosexuality. Some prominent Catholic bishops are vowing to defy the Vatican's new stance, allowing informal blessings for queer couples, some even threatening church schism. Same-gender sexual activity is already against the law in the East African nation, and a bill patterned on Uganda's draconian Anti-Homosexuality Act would outlaw identifying as LGBTQ or promoting queer rights. That could land both Mary Mumbi and her daughter in jail for a minimum of 10 years. Meanwhile, the rape and murder of non-binary lesbian Sheila Lumumba and the lenient sentence for her convicted assailant are more evidence of the perilous circumstances in Kenya. How Mary Mumbi confronts those circumstances is the subject of an interview with Diana Wanyonyi for the Women's International News Gathering Service, WINGS. In part one, the devoted mother tells the story of coming to terms with her daughter's sexuality and providing her friends with emotional support. My name is Mary Mumbi Karanja. I'm a mother of three. My firstborn is Virginia, secondborn Brian, my lastborn is Elizabeth. I'm a housewife for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my health is not that good for me to work. So I'm just at home. It's been a long journey because I didn't know what was happening to my daughter. As a mother, when you give birth to a girl, you know she's a girl. One day she'll get married. So I think she was in... It's after form four, if I'm not wrong. She decided to open up. At that time, I got separated to the dad. So one day, she just told me, I want to talk to my family. That is me and the siblings. We said, it's okay. So we sat, we sat down, we prayed as usual. And then she started talking. She told me, Mom, uh, what I'm going to tell you, I know it will break your heart, but I'm tired of staying in the closet. So I said, it's okay. We thought you were shocked. What, what does this girl want to tell me? Then she, told, she started her story. She told me, Mom, me, I'm gay. Mm, it was not a new name to me. I've had. I knew there was something like that going on, 
but I didn't know about my daughter. But I was suspecting because I had people talking about her. But I didn't want to tell her anything. I just prayed to God and said, if it is that way, the way people are talking, one day she will open up. I'll just pray for my daughter to open up and tell me what is going on. So she told me, Mommy, I'm gay. Kamza, what? Yes, she told me yes. Then I told her, why, why have you decided to tell me at this time, at this moment when dad is not around? She told me that, you know, dad is too harsh. The way you take things is not the way he takes things. So that's why I decided to tell you at this moment. Uh, can you explain to me? She did. What did she explain? How she used to feel, how she is feeling. I'm not attracted to men. You're not attracted to men. I'm attracted to girls. So, have you ever dated a girl? She told me yes. Then I told her, I've heard of a boyfriend somewhere with you. She told me it is because of you and dad. That's why I'm telling you I'm tired now. I want to be me. Mom, that is me. Then I told her, it's okay. What I'll do, I'll pray for that thing to go out. You know, that is the first step a mother can say after receiving a news, those news because that's how we are. She told me, Mom, you keep on praying. But Mom, I'm not changing. That is me. I told her, it's okay. She just told me everything. Let's leave everything to God. Yeah. Because as a mother, when I gave birth to you, I knew I gave birth to a girl. One day you'll get married. But this one, it's shock to me. By the way we cried, all of us, me and my daughter and my son, it was not an easy thing. Uh, I told her, okay, that's why you are cousins. I found one day, they wrote names at their bedroom. Mashoga, 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 Mashoga. And their cousins, first cousins. I asked Virginia, what is this? At that moment, she didn't tell me anything. So that day she told me, yes, that's why Akina Yusuf, they say this and this and this. So, mom, that is me. Uh-huh. I talked to the siblings. Uh, my daughter, what do you say? Hey, mom, me, I'm shocked. My son, what do you say? I'm shocked. They asked Virginia, are you serious? She said, yes, I'm serious. But that is me. So for that, that moment, we left it that way. I prayed again over that situation. So it went on. I cannot share to my mom. I cannot talk to anyone. That one cannot share. It is me and my God. Then it was too much with my cousins. They used to talk badly about my daughter. So I felt now this is enough. I called my family. All of them. With those cousins. Today I want to talk to you. I want everyone in the house. 
I talked to them, I told my sisters, you normally talk bad about my kids, especially Virginia, and you gave birth. You have children. You don't know about them, you don't know what they do outside there. Maybe even in this family we have gays, and they are not talking. I thank God my daughter has come out. So, you keep on talking, but I've decided to tell you. Me, I've accepted my daughter the way she is. I'll just give everything to God. Because I know one day God will answer my prayers. That's what I told my family from my mom and my sisters and my brothers. By the way, they kept quiet. Nobody, nobody talked. The reaction was silence. 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 The cousin, the one who was writing those names. Auntie, I'm sorry. Auntie, I'm sorry. I will never talk bad about my cousins. Then I told him, you know, you talk about them badly outside there. And you are the family. You are the ones to defend your sisters and your brothers. But you are talking badly about them. It's not fair. I'm very sorry. I told her it's okay. Apology accepted. But then from that day, he didn't talk anything about them. And Virginia was in the meeting? Yeah, Virginia was there. Virginia was there. My daughter was there, my son was there. I have two daughters and my son. They were there. Then my mom said, uh, my girl, my daughter, I'm very sorry about whatever has happened. I will join hands with you. We will pray for Virginia. But we were praying for Virginia to change at that moment. But it went on. My daughter is not changing. One day I just knelt down and told God, God, this is my daughter. And she didn't come from any from nowhere. She came from you. And what I'm seeing, whatever she told you, she told me, that's my daughter, she is gay. God protect her. And I've accepted. I was myself in the room talking to God. It was not easy. It was not easy. One day I was called from school. The principal told me, your daughter is behaving weirdly. Weirdly as in how. Then she told me everything. There's a girl. It's as if she's dating girls. I could not tell the principal what is happening. I told the principal, it's okay, I'll talk to my daughter. My daughter. So we talked. I told my daughter to control in order for her to finish school. She tried until she finished school. And then uh, there, there were friends coming, gays. She told me I have friends. Can I bring them? I told her, yes. Can I bring my girlfriend? I told her, yes, I want to see that girlfriend of yours. So the girlfriend came, we talked. She was very happy. She told me in my house, in my home, I cannot say anything like that. They will kill me. Can I call you mom? 
told her yes. From today and so and for them your mom. You can tell me everything. Anything you want you can tell me. At one time she came and we stayed together. She was very much okay. And then after that, after a long time, one day my daughter, my last daughter, my last born is Elizabeth. Ah, I saw changes again in my daughter. Hmm? What is happening in my house? God, the way I'm prayerful. What is this? I decided to ask her. What is going on? She told me, she asked me about what, mom? About you. I'm seeing things. What? What have you seen, mom? Have you seen, mom? Are you also dating a girl? She told me yes. She had finished school. Imagine she has even she had even given birth. My last one. I told her. And what about the father of your baby? She told me I'm bisexual. What do you mean by bisexual? She explained, I can date a girl, I can date a boy, but I'm most attracted to boys or to men. I told her, okay. So because I I was with Virginia, with that situation, it was not hard, very hard, but I was asking myself, boy, my two girls now, eh, maybe even my son. <laughs> That's what I told God. It's okay, I've accepted. I told her, I want that girlfriend of yours. Tell her to come here. The girl came. We talked. The girl cried a lot because at a place, it's hell. Me, I want to come and stay with you. I told her, no, you cannot stay with me. Your parents are just here. You just stay with your parents. I'll keep on praying for them to accept you. One day, the way I accepted my, child, my children, my daughter Virginia and the other one, one day, God will make a way. She told me it's okay. So she used to come to me every time. She was even closer to me than her mother. So I said, okay, God, I don't know what you are telling me. What I can see, you are, you are talking to me. But just give me the strength, give me the grace to carry this. It is a burden. It's a very heavy burden. So even the neighbors were walking around. Mama, Mama, Shoga, things like that. They mocked my neighbors, close neighbors, like this place and this one. But nowadays, they came to realize, even in their family, they have them. Mary Mumbi remains undeterred. In the conclusion of her interview with Diana Wanyanyi in Mombasa, Kenya, she talks about becoming a full-fledged LGBTQ advocate and her dreams for the future. One day, I believe, and that is where we are going, our president, I don't know which president, will come out and say, now this is enough and enough. Yeah. So that they can find a space, a safe, safe space. You know, now even when they go out, they're worried. Yeah. That's next time on This Way Out.
Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Our thanks to correspondent Diana Wanyoni and producer Frida Worden and Wings, the Women's International News Gathering Service. Blood, Sweat, and Tears and Siru performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks the Jane and Deborah Cluey Charitable Fund and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Ask us about how you can join them. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on WEFT Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, CFUV Victoria, British Columbia, KTWH Two Harbors, Minnesota, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.